you know, mo- it's amazing how productive people can be, even if they don't have this skill, if there's someone there to guide them, because their motive in all these, in every case, like, people are so motivated because they they love the mountains. They're doing this to get something done. And they're, they're not there to just like hang out and slack, you know, slack. So it's amazing how productive people can be and how much joy they get from being productive. And with, um, you know, I'm, as long as I prepare properly by having the proper materials, having the proper tools, you know, it, it can go, we can get quite a bit done and, you know, and, and give people the information that they, uh, you know, they need. Okay. This is what this is. You know, we're going to put the shingles on, but you got to pay attention to these things. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to cut it with this knife, but don't put your hand over there <laughs> because that's when you're going to get cut. <laughs> so. Exactly. But also, you know, they could take some of these skills that you teach them and, and learn them or teach them at, and use them at home. Oh, for sure. Definitely. Exactly. So there's benefits, very many benefits, you know. Bushwhacks were some of uh, the worst days I've ever had in the mountains, or life, really. Whereas Panzer Mountain is totally opposite, it's a mountain on top of a crater. I think the weather challenges on this incident were particularly difficult. It is really the development of New York State. Catskills were responsible. Listening to Inside the Line, Catskill Mountains Podcast. All right, so I got to crack open a cobalt one for this week. Sorry, Eric. I don't know if you you drink. Do you drink at all? I do. I do. I got a I got a IPA sitting right next to me. So uh, I, I'm going to crack it open in just a minute. We'll chat chat about that later. So good. I'm glad. I'm glad you're 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 cracking open one just like me. So here it goes. Oh, let's hear it. Got it. <laughs> nice. So welcome to episode one thirteen of Inside the Line, the Catskill Mountain Podcast. Tonight I have Eric Friedman here, and we're going to talk about Lean Two Restoration and the Lean Two Trail Crew that they have, the Lean Two Crew that they have. For this restoration project what we have in the Catskills. Lean to are a very big project, a very big consideration in the Catskills because uh these lean tos help out uh, a bunch of people who want to have a good time backpacking in the backcountry. And uh Eric's here to talk about that. Uh these lean to restoration projects are huge in the Catskills. So welcome to the show, Eric. It's nice to be here. Thanks, Dash. I, I can't wait to talk about this. Been been waiting to get a hold of you for a while. So uh we actually got it going. So we're we're on the move. We're on the good the good way. So Yep. <laughs> indeed. So a lot of uh, stuff has been going on in the East Coast lately. Um apparently a hiker was rescued uh from Mount Washington in ninety mile per hour winds. Uh mm. the uh let's say uh let's see on Saturday. Well, I mean we're recording on Tuesday, so Saturday at 11 a.m., a 22-year-old was hiking and fell off trail in a drainage ravine about 4,500 feet up now. Uh, I believe uh, Mount Washington is 6,300 feet, so he was about like three-quarters of the way up the mountain and uh, became injured. He was above treeline at an Amazuka, Amazuka ravine, uh, and uh, 
the weather was terrible. Negative temperatures, 90 mile per hour winds. And uh, they said that the best way the rescuers could get up was the Cog Railway. This Cog Railway is a tourist uh, area that brings them up to the top of Mount Washington, bring them back down. So uh, the railway mounted a snowblower on the front and then it brought crews up. Uh, it started at three in the afternoon and uh, they got up there at eight at night. Uh, it was cold, 90 per hour winds. And it said the temperature was at nine, negative nine degrees with a wind chill of negative 52 degrees. Unbelievable. They said that uh, fishing game said that if it weren't for the volunteer rescue teams on the Cog Railway and others, the hiker would have died. Uh, they got to him around 620, which is uh, about three and a half hours, three hours after. And he was suffering from hypothermia and not injured, which is really weird. Was wearing numerous layers of frozen clothes and frozen hiking shoes, and it took more than three hours to warm him. Now, uh, being with search and rescues, hypothermia is 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 very difficult to deal with. You have to do so many different things to uh, to get the the hiker, the person that is in this stage, warmed up. You got to feed them with water, food, get them in a a shelter away from the cold area. It's a very difficult task uh, that takes a long time. And as they said, three hours brought down where he was treated for hypothermia. And after multiple recommendations, go to hospital, the hiker refused and was brought to his vehicle fishing game set. Now they are seeking to charge this person for their rescue and uh, was definitely not prepared for the hike and saw other groups turn around. So that uh, right there, you, you see other people turn around and, and, they're probably well equipped and they said, no way, this we're not gonna do this. And you just don't turn around. It's it's that summit fever once again that, that hits you, I'm guessing. I don't know what this he's twenty two years old. I I mean, at, at that age, Eric, I don't know if you felt invincible. I did too at that time. I wasn't hiking at that time, but I felt invincible. I guarantee this kid probably thought the same same thing. Yeah, yeah. Twenty two years is uh is 40 something years ago so it's my memory is not that sharp on what i was doing back then but i was uh you know i've been in some i haven't had to get rescued let's put it that way <laughs> i've been out in the mountains in cold in cold weather by myself and if up in the catskills or up in the adirondacks a bit yeah i mean uh when did you start hiking uh if you don't mind no um I grew up in the city and uh, in the Bronx, so there was woods there. And I used to play in the woods. We'd build tree houses. We'd explore the woods, explore the ponds, swim in these dirty ponds. And, you know, we'd get a chicken from the supermarket and cook it. And do, and so I, I was always an outdoors person, even from a, just being a nine or 10 year old. Of course. But, uh, yeah. it's a, there, There's a time when you, you basically know to, to stop and to be like, this isn't safe for me and for other people that I got to turn around. And, you know, I've, I've done that several times and, you know, I've, I've told people to do that several times and Mount Washington is a beast. And we all know this. I don't know why people don't understand that Mount Washington is the craziest mountain mm -hmm. basically on, on mother earth. And people still don't, don't turn around with, with this crap. So amazing rescue jobs by the, by the volunteers and fishing game up in New Hampshire. Once again, we hear this every winter and every summer of, of just 
even these events going on on in in New Hampshire. And I feel so sorry for these people that have to deal with this all the time. They've been going nonstop. Um, was the hiker by himself? It was solo, uh-huh. solo by himself. Uh, so several people turn around and uh, just decided to keep on going at forty five hundred feet. You're you're getting just above tree line. And to have an injury with, uh, I don't even know, they didn't even say if he had traction or not. So I'm, I'm wondering if he was wearing traction. Mount Washington still has, the, the White Mountains, let alone, still has a decent amount of snow. Uh, I saw my friends going up there, uh, doing Mount Washington and Monroe and stuff like that, with still in snowshoes. So, sure. and this person didn't say, they didn't say what, what this person had as, as a traction. So I'm. Uh, well, we'll talk about this later, but I, I'm. I'm wearing 100% traction from the start of my hike. So I got a hike that I did today. So mm-hmm. we'll talk about that. But hey, so um, Eric, have you know that that it's crazy? It's February 20th right now. We're recording, and hikers are already starting the Appalachian Trail. Did you Did you know about this? Um, I can imagine it. Um, I know they start in the spring at different times. Might. My son started sometime. Maybe he started in March. He, um, and I know they see a lot. Some people see a lot of snow in, in uh, Tennessee and the Smokies and further on. It yeah. sa- sounds pretty uh, rigorous. Yeah, you know, I didn't. I didn't know they started this early. But you know, with the, with the change in climate and stuff like that, um, a lot of people are starting it early so they can finish. You know, Katahdin without that that snow or maybe that freezing times of when they can finish in good weather and stuff and go to the whites in good weather. I mean, February 20th is really early, but I've been seeing people starting their hikes down in Georgia at this time. And it's just, it's crazy to to think about that. They're already starting in, in late February, you know, mid to late February. So mm-hmm. good luck. Good luck for them. My wife and I plan on going down to the Shenandoahs in June to meet these through hikers. And we're going to give them some trail magic. We're going to give them some stuff. So uh, if you're listening and you are doing the Appalachian Trail, you listen to this podcast, hopefully I'll meet you in the Shenandoahs and we'll have some trail magic for you uh, within the four days, five days that we're going to be hiking in there. So give me a shout out if you see me. Uh, We'll be having, we're going to try to work out some costumes as well so they know who we are. So I was thinking about going out as Gandalf from Lord of the Rings. Do you think that's a, a good idea, or do you think that'll be crazy? Uh, if if that if you like to do that, I think it's a good idea. I'm kind of a little <laughs> more low key. <laughs> you know, right. I once um, had a job, a volunteer job with the trail conference was was, which was a, a corridor monitor, which for the Appalachian Trail, where the where the nice. national park owns the property, they monitor the boundary of that property. And it turns out that the close, the Appalachian Trail is in Dutchess County. And I was monitoring the one section that was almost closest to my house. So I always thought that that would be a fun place to uh, to do trail magic because you can drive right about where the trail is and yet you're in the middle of the woods. It's a, so, But I haven't done it yet. <laughs> I, I suggest you do what the, the, the look on people, on, on the high, through hikers' faces are absolutely phenomenal we went down like two years ago and and we at first the first two days we didn't do it but we realized you know with the some of the hikes are like you know two miles we could give away stuff like i didn't need my m&ms i didn't need my sour patch kids and i was just like you guys and all of a sudden like they would like just have so much joy in them and i'm just like looking at my wife and i'm like why don't we just 
do this for the rest of the hike and give them like soda and beer and and snacks and stuff like that and sooner or later these these people were so much joy when you know i was just like you want an ipa or you want a, a cola or you want you know some some skittles or something they would like it was just it was just i felt very i don't know just i can't describe the word i felt it was just appreciated <laughs> yes yes and just to see the joy on their face is just is just phenomenal mm -hmm. and to help them out you know they're already i don't know I, I don't know how long the shenandoah is, is into it but uh i'm guessing it's i think it's like five to six hundred miles the shenandoah is, is with so mm -hmm. that's a long time so speaking mm -hmm. about through hikes uh little new thing that a, a woman hiker becomes the first to solo the 6800 mile trail uh, ADT. So the ADT is the American Discovery Trail, and that goes from, uh, believe, from California all the way to Maine. So that's uh, that's insane. So her her name, uh, Brianna DeSantis. So maybe I'll, I'll try to get her on here. She reached the coast of California, moved her all her weathered all-trail hiking shoes and wadded bare, waded barefoot into the cold water of the Pacific Open Ocean. And uh, it was the end of her 6,800-mile journey that had taken the 40-year-old ultralight hiker just over two years to complete 6,800 miles. Wow, that's two times the length of any through-hike here in the United States, the CDT, mm -hmm. the PCT, and uh, the Appalachian Trail. So uh, unbelievable... Uh, accomplishment by by this woman brianna uh killing it and she looks so happy in her pictures uh check out her her instagram or facebook uh she started uh mount katahdin on Sebru, uh, september 17th 2022 and uh ended on uh february 10th 2024 uh down in the pacific ocean unbelievable phenomenal stuff so uh check out her stuff brianna DeSantis. congratulations on, on completing that hike uh unbelievable accomplishment you know i really didn't know about this until this this hike did you no i never heard of that trail what's it called again the american discovery trail so i think it travels more of the northern part of the united states and goes from maine down through lake michigan up through montana and stuff like that i'm pretty sure right now it has a lot of uh road walking because it's not fully mapped out yet uh but i i'm i know this links a bunch of long trails and stuff like that together so pretty mm -hmm. neat stuff so crazy uh last thing on 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 the the talk about the agenda is uh really odd incidents that i had to uh throw on here so California man stole a Yosemite National Park Rangers vehicle and sparked a high-speed chase before plummeting 200 feet off a cliff. Unbelievable. So uh, let's see. A federal grand jury indicted a California man accused of stealing the Yosemite National Park's Ranger vehicle and leading high-speed chase. They said that Christian Colostro, 28, had been charged with theft of personal property, unauthorized use of a motor vehicle, and fleeing and eluding a police officer. He faces up to 13 years in prison and $510,000 in fine. So he 
let's see it says uh who pulled him over uh to remove a bike left in the roadway on december 26 2022 and it prompted a high-speed chase after he stole the police officer's car he drove the wrong way on the bridge and collided with another vehicle and uh while the other vehicle was disabled by the amount of damage caused colostro continued until he drove off a cliff falling 200 feet to the bottom of the canyon so that is absolutely insane I, I you know i usually see some really crazy stuff on instagram and facebook about these people in uh national parks but this uh kind of puts the icing on the cake there what do you think about that eric um, all kinds <laughs> of crazy things happening so uh it's bound to happen <laughs> right it, it it doesn't surprise you right um not no it doesn't surprise me i mean everything's different but uh you know, there's always something crazy going on someplace. Exactly. Exactly. Didn't know about this stuff. So uh, kudos to the, uh, the the police officers for getting this man after 200 feet. That's a that's a hell of a drop. Good Lord. Uh, surprised he's still alive. Yeah. Yeah. So crazy stuff going on once again. All right. So thank you to the monthly supporters, Darren White, Vicky Ferreira. John Kamiski, Jim C., Michael Bonger, David Mead, Matt Smith, Denise Weiss, Joseph Hayda, and Beth Anderson. Thank you guys so much for supporting the show. Also, thank you to the amazing sponsors of the show. So is it time for some new gear hiking in the Catskills? Say no more. Camp Catskill in Tannersville has all your hiking needs. Footwear, socks, moisture-wicking shirts, freeze-dried meals, Catskill merchandise, and more. They have all the essentials for your hiking needs. Located in Tannersville and online, check out Camp Catskill if you want free stickers. So I went here today and I bought a winter hat and a micro air trail crampon. So this next uh, week is going to be absolutely insane for hiking. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. So check out Camp Catskill if you want trail crampons or micro spikes. They have it. Also, check out Another Summit, a nonprofit program that leads outdoor adventures and activities for veterans and first responders for free. Activities like walking or hiking or even backpacking and paddling chip. Check out anothersummit.org for more information and dates on future events. If you're ready to hit the trails, make sure you take the scenic route. Our guides are here to help you with your goals, big or small, like Marcy or Slide or Low in the Sewers. Check out scenic route guiding gear rentals on instagram and facebook for more information also if you mention the podcast you can get 10 percent off use the code mountain lion so uh coffees just uh buy me a coffee uh well it's actually buy me a hard cider if you you know buy me a hard cider it goes straight to the show or towards the donation that i might make towards uh the end of the year uh this is this show isn't free so anyone who buys me a coffee i really appreciate it so, uh, Eric, what do you have in drink of the night, sir? Um, I'm having a, a Sierra Nevada Hazy IPA. <laughs> nice, nice. Is that a, is that a personal favorite? It is. It is. It's either that one or one of their other Sierra Nevadas. When, when we hike in on the uh, on our lean to work trips, if we're bringing a beer, it's got to be a high percentage beer because you know you got to be efficient about that. <laughs> correct, correct. You want something that's not going to ease your mind off of what you're doing or the the brutal hike that you did yeah i gotta relax at the end of the day exactly so i'm glad someone gets it besides me you know <laughs> like when i get when i get home from hikes sometimes you know i gotta have a straight up liquor or something take a shot for what i did or something like that uh it's very rare but 
it needs to ease the pain of what happened uh, mm -hmm. in the day. You know, being 41 years old, like 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 I said, it doesn't it, it it kills you, but it, you love it. And so you love it. Tonight, I am having a Hudson North Cherry Vanilla Cider. This is absolutely fantastic. It's it's called the Adventure Series, and uh, it is five percent alcohol and uh, not too much, not as much as your your hazy IPA, but it is absolutely delicious. I saw this in our liquor store, and I was just like, you know, Hudson North is somewhat local. I gotta try it, and it's absolutely delicious. I love ciders. I I'm a I'm a cider kind of guy, so. Hudson North, I'm going to tag you in this. Hopefully, you'll you'll hear it, or you'll you'll get the tag, and we'll we'll talk later. So, Eric, previous hikes, what have you done recently? Um, I've been hiking in my backyard, which is the Schwangam Mountains, and nice. um, I can just just from my backyard, I can hike five miles or ten miles, or and, and just there's lots of bushwhacking to be done, and you know craggy spots and valleys and marshes it's it's just an amazing area so if i'm if i'm home and i i was working pretty hard up until recently and I've, i'm kicking i'm in the kickback mode so i'm getting some more hikes in nice and, yeah and this past weekend i got out onto a high point as well nice mm -hmm. uh did they uh clear that viewpoint at the at the top i remember them saying that they were going to clear the viewpoint at the actual summit over there well, we didn't get that far. My son called me in the morning. His, he, he came with his wife and two um, and two boys, five and seven. And the boys, it was a chilly day, but we warmed up as we hiked in. But we, we didn't get but a mile and a half in. And then we turned around. So we didn't get to the top. So, so I can't tell you. Nice. I mean, uh, still, that uh, Canopy Brook uh, Trail is absolutely phenomenal. That is a, a recommendation that I have for anybody and everybody to, to go on because it has just beautiful kind of like flat trails until you get going up to the to the area of High Point. But it has the, the running water of the canopy right next to you and uh, canape, whatever, uh, you know, what do you say? Canopy or canape? I don't know the right way, but I say canape. Okay. Yes. You know, and... I've heard it differently. Have you? Uh, I, not too much. I don't hear it too often. So no, I don't know. That's mostly what I hear. Okay. So, uh, Canape, you know, there's, there's awesome areas up there. There's awesome historical areas up there as well. There's some decent amount of, uh, those massive Karens who we don't know if they're native American Karens or if they're, you know, the, the early settlers Karens that are up there to the, to the left when you walk on the trail. So if you're up there, take. I was checking those out. I, I've got a real interest in stone walls and early habitation, and I mean, and I saw those same kind of Karens where I used to live, maybe um, outside of Newport in the town of Asopus. And I always suspected that that was what a farmer and would do if they didn't want to make. If it was, if there was a boulder and they just could pile the rocks on top of that, and it was too far to bring it to a wall. You know, when they were trying to make some more pasture land. So there was a lot of amazing Karens there. And there is. High stone walls. So that's what I suspect that's what they are. That's my feeling. It's it's a big, you know, we just talked about this in, in the last episode. It's a big topic, you know. The the big massive Karens that it, it seems like 
they a lot of people think they're Native American, but you know, being there in that area where it was flatter and there was a little bit more soil, you know, you you would think that was more of the farmers doings of these these cairns on like you said on top of these massive rocks that you know yeah. they had they had a bunch of rocks and they just needed to throw them out of the way you you have to move them to a place of a higher ground to get them out of the way for your soil to be a little bit more thicker and richer so mm-hmm. and it's 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 tough to to talk about this because you know there's some over on the west kill side there's some on overlook there's some over mm-hmm. on hockett you know it's it's a controversial topic. I mean, what are you going to say? It's just, there's so many different beliefs. And, you know, I, I got to remember that one person I follow on Instagram and they put up some, so many interesting topics of, of the, the native Americans and the Karens and stuff like that, hmm. that uh, give me one sec. I can look it up. I think it's like Northeast uh something and it's but it's it's very it's very interesting to see what they have because you know they talk about uh those serpentines uh herons that you see uh well the, the, i haven't seen them yet but they talk about them uh that basically are shaped like snakes in in the middle of nowhere that that signalize maybe a a burial ground or something and it's mm. it's just like like you said, it's it's a different topic. I've heard from the locals. You know, it's just a regular Karen that was uh, put up there by a farmer back then, or you know, I've heard by different people that it's a Native American sculpture. Mm-hmm. Whatever, whatever. So good, glad. High Point's amazing spot. I recommend anybody to go up there and check that spot out. Um, today, got back here. You know, three three four hours ago from doing Indian Head Mountain, the whole loop. What a fantastic day to be outside. Uh, beautiful temperatures. Trailhead was 9 degrees. Up at the top was around 20 degrees. No wind, very little wind. Beautiful views in every freaking direction. I, I just blown away by the blueness of the sky and the clearness. I could see everywhere. I could see into Vermont, the uh, Mount Equinox all the way over there. I could see down to Bear Mountain down there in, in the Hudson. I could see so far. I started off with micro spikes uh, about three quarters of the way up in the head. I switched to trail crampons because the ice was getting a little nasty. And uh, I got to admit, you know, micro spikes, I was slipping a little bit so that the ice is getting a little a little crazy up there so i would i would suggest after this week coming this coming weekend to bring trail cramp and crampons or if you have them or i would suggest sharpening your micro spikes because it was a little dicey and uh did the whole loop got every viewpoint in there and uh i was just once again blown away by by what winter has to offer um every viewpoint was absolutely phenomenal every just place was phenomenal I met like two people it was as is very very nice so <laughs> it's just it was secluded as heck i flew down up and down the mountain pushed myself to a little bit harder than i should i guess i would say that but beautiful day the mountain rail was fantastic no post holes just flew up the the mountain uh, like I said, with micro spikes, three quarters away, switched trail crampons. And then I, I, I would say like about 
uh, I would say going towards the loop or going towards the plaque clove area. I switched back to micro spikes because my trail crampons were a little bit grippy and I was tripping. <laughs> so, uh, but once again, those those dicey areas on Devil Path, you you have to have something that'll grip, or you're going to slip down that mountain and and get injured. So, uh, I mean, Eric, you 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 know the whole differences in between your different traction devices. Uh, right now, is is you don't need the snowshoes, but you definitely need the multiple devices of traction to get you up and down the mountain if you're going to be doing the dicey stuff on the Devil's Path. I mean, yeah. I haven't. I I always refer to them as crampons. Maybe we're referring to the same thing. Are you are you like distinguishing between climbing crampons as opposed to trail? I mean, they've got like one inch spikes on them, right? What is that? What you're talking about? So I have the the micro spikes are are, are pretty small, probably. Yeah, those, yeah, I'm familiar with those for sure. And then the the trail crampons are a little bit bigger and sharper. Mm -hmm. uh, I think they're. Oh, I got a like twelve point or something, something around okay. that. They're, they're not the big, huge ten point ones that uh that you use with ice climbing. I I've only used them once in the Catskills, but I mean these. Like I was saying, I was I was climbing up. Yeah, so Hill Sound Trail crampons are. More, oh, those are those are a little bit bigger. Jesus. So once again, God, the internet really kills you. <laughs> One there's 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 different types of trail crampons. So the ones I have are the Hill Sounds. Uh, they're called winter hiking spikes, but they're called trail crampons. They're not totally trail crampons, like the big huge ones. Uh, but yeah, I would. Yeah, I was slipping on this ice, and I I didn't feel comfortable. I was seriously like the these steep sections are gonna, you know, I'm not. I'm not going to have enough grip, so I I switched to the trail crampons instead of the micro spikes, and it was uh it was a good decision. I'm glad I I went with that. So it's good you had them. It's good you used them. Yeah, yeah, beautiful day on the mountain. Uh, I suggest anybody to get out there. But uh, how much snow is um is on in the in the woods there, on the tops of the mountains or on the north sides? So if we're talking about the north side, so I, I went up from, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, not Pecoy Notch, uh, the other notch. Damn. Uh, I'm Once again, uh, I'm sorry. I'm so... Uh, Jimmy Dolan Notch. I went up from uh, Roger Road to Jimmy Dolan Notch, and then I did the full loop of Indian Head Mountain. On the north side, there's not much. There's about a foot once you get up a little bit higher the wind picked up a little bit more so in the in the call there was probably about about a foot and a half and if you went off trail you would post hole i went down into that viewpoint of jimmy dolan notch and i did fall in probably a good in one of those extra areas down to my knees when uh I'll, not many people went down to that little viewpoint so i did fall up to my knees but uh it was it was pretty i laughed really hard about it but it was off trail i was going off trail so anywhere uh, was solid good firm packed monorail it was absolutely fantastic you could fly up that stuff i love winter because of that because there are no obstacles that you could roll your ankle on you know like roots mm -hmm. or like jagged rocks so this was nice packed thank you to everyone who has uh, broken out these trails they're absolutely phenomenal i think 
you know, after years of talking about snowshoes and such, that they're actually people are actually purchasing snowshoes and actually using them and finding out that they're actually fun to use. I mean, <laughs> it was it was such a long time that we would just sit there and just be like, wow, there's so many post holes. And then we have these awesome monorails going up the the these peaks that are just absolutely phenomenal, but no post hole at all. Just uh, straight up ice going uh, up there until, you know, I got to admit there was a lot of different places that had different amounts of snow. You would see the places that had a little bit more sun had less snow. And then the darker places had a little bit of a little tiny bit of more snow. But I wouldn't say anything from eight to 12 inches of snow. If you went off trail, you wouldn't you wouldn't post all that much. So it's phenomenal. How about you? How much did you have when you went up there? Uh, like I said, we didn't get that high, but it was about an inch at the bottom and maybe two inches well, as far as we got. Oh, wow. You see the <laughs> amazing difference in changes of weather that we have in different areas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, once again, News Volunteer 3500 Club, Catskill Trail Crew, Catskill Mountains Club, Visitors Center, uh, Catskill Lean To Crew, we're going to talk about tonight. Volunteer for them. Also, if you need stickers, check out Camp Catskill or notify me. Send me my email or Facebook Messenger, Instagram, whatever. I'll get you a free sticker free of charge of anything. I'll mail it to you. So, uh, Eric, we're going to do a quick little session of Matt Catskill Mountain History. Is that cool? That's great. Awesome. So one of the things I've wondered about is always uh, is about the modern highways and automobiles that we had here in the Catskills. You got to wonder if these areas of like 23 and 28 and 23A were always the, the kind of fast paths of everything. And I think they were. Um, so I looked up this, uh, my, my, wife's mother got me this my mother-in-law got me this book called history of delaware county new york uh by tim druden and it's pretty cool so it's, it has a, a interesting spot of modern highways and automobiles. i'm going to read it real quick i'm going to do my best so the paving and improving of main roads in the region began in the early 1900s spurred on by an event of automobile and the needs of rural postal delivery service in 1904, the U.S. Department of Agriculture conducted the first census of roads in the United States, finding that some 93% of the nation's highways were nothing more than just dirt roads. The New York state government was also keen on improving the structure of the highway system at this time. And to this end, the Higby Armstrong Acts with PACS, allotting a certain amount of financial assistance for road improvement to each county and township. So in December, 1907, the Delaware County Board of Supervisors met to consider how in a portion of the county's 33.6 miles of allotted roadway assistant money. Resolutions were offered for road improvements for new construction in Walton, Franklin, Bovina, and elsewhere, also to the, the, the southern parts of Delaware. One project received the green light from the supervisors with the improvement of the Delhi Bloomville State Road beginning at Elk Creek Road, just north of the village of Delhi and to the UND station of Bloomville. Now, once again, most of these places that have roads were once railroads that were 
previously played in the, in the 1900s by the Ulster and Delaware County Railroad and uh, by the Susquehanna Railroad. Now, men and material included heavy steamroller began to arrive uh, by rail in Bloomville by 1908, and work began grading, crushing stone, and digging. By November 1909, the work had been completed, and the travelers were able to enjoy a smoother ride along the almost six-mile stretch of gravel roadway. Six miles. Only six miles of gravel roadway. <laughs> that is insane. Most of the travelers along the route continued for several years to be conveyed by horse and carriage. Some, however, were already using newfangled horseless carriage or automobile. During these early years of automotive ownership, it was wealthier members of society who would most likely see monitor in the Catskills or anywhere else for that matter. For example, members of the well, well-off Gould, Fleischmann, and Cannon families were noted early automobile enthusiasts of the county. Walton Dr. James A. Holly was another early owner of an automobile and the first in Walton. In 1901, he traveled to Detroit by an automobile for $650 and it had been sent back in the East via railroad, $650. That sounds like the price of gases right nowadays, <laughs> going from here to Chicago. So Dr. Holly used his first olds to make the house calls about the village, traveling here and there on the improved gravels roads of the period. His car had a maximum speed of 15 miles per hour. <laughs> wow, 15 miles per hour. So infrequent a sight were automobiles in Delaware County at this time that Holly recalled horses and sometimes even people running off in fright as the approach of the noisy new convenience. Such a novelty was as old that in the summer of 1901 and again in 1902, he he was paid the not con inconsiderable sound amount sum of $25 to drive his car a couple times around the track at the county fair. Another notable appearance of automobiles in the region occurred in October of 1903 when the route of that year's American Endurance Run from New York City to Buffalo and points further west passed through Delaware County. Through atrocious and wet conditions, some 26 of the starting number of 23 automobiles made it to Pine Hill and then to Delhi. The Delaware Republican newspaper wrote that of the race, it was more of a test of human flesh and blood against the raging elements of endurance during the machines, unfair to both. So basically this talks once again about automobiles being in the area during the 19, early 1900s and that it was actually very rare. And now we see them, of course, everywhere, anywhere, basically stone or paved roads almost all of the places we can think except in the backcountry rows. So amazing piece of, of North, Northwestern Catskill history. And just imagine that going from New York City up to probably about, I remember Stanford was more of the Susquehanna Turnpike. And then going over towards Delhi was more of the Ulster, Delaware County Railroad area. And uh, it just shows you how far we have become, how far we've come and over hundred years of automobiles, planes, and uh, other different areas. And, uh, you know, a lot of us can, can relate to that with the, once again, the Borscht Belt era when everybody came here in the 60s and then all of a sudden they disappeared because planes became existent and more uh, compatible to people instead of coming up to the Catskills. So crazy stuff, right? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I'm always am amazed by uh, it, the old wood roads and and um, any, all roads, just how they how how much effort has been put into them and how they've carved their way over time through all these places. And you know, like yeah. going up through Mink Hollow, that was a road at one point from one side to the other. Yeah, you know, that was that was how they got from one valley to the next. Yep, and uh, that's a. That uh, was an example I was going to use, Mink Hollow. And then over on the, the Balsam Lake area, there was, uh, was it Bear Spring Hollow, Bear Spring Road, that once connected to the Beaver Kill all the way over to Seeger. So a lot of these places were once old roads, and then a lot of people don't know that when they're just hiking these peaks. You know, you're going from Spruceton over to 214, that was uh, once an old railroad slash road for the Fenwick Lumber Company, and mm -hmm. you don't you don't realize that you know a lot of people don't travel on Mink Hollow uh, that often, and that was once a road that connected, like you said, once Valley to the other. Two fourteen wasn't a road. Uh, Two fourteen was a railroad. That was the Delaware also County Railroad that brought all that lumber and all that material up from Phoenicia all the way up to uh, Hunter. So seeing those historical pictures of when those railroads, uh, those trains were going up through there was absolutely insane. Um, I'm from the Bronx, but my wife, Judy, she's from the, from Hunter. So, and her, her family, her family name uh, on her was um, the Beckers and the Hoyts. So um, her, father grew up in Becker Hollow and her, with it, along with his five brothers and sisters and um, her great-grandfather, no, her grandfather was actually a crossing guard for the railroad in the notch. That was his wow. job. And the foundation of that house is still there. We just looked at it a few years back. We, I had never known where it was, but it's, uh, it's actually very close to the, um, the parking area by the lake. And um, I guess that's what it was, is the road crossed the railroad right there, and there was actually a crossing guard. <laughs> wow. Out, you know, make sure the traffic was stopped. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. How did it feel for, for her to see that old foundation of her, her family generations? Well, she, you know, she loves the mountains, and she feels, you know, the connection of her pretty deeply, because I say, you know, the, there's the Becker Hollow Trail, where that farm was in there, and that was her family. Her father's, um, well, that's actually her grandmother's family name, but that's where her father um, grew up. And then White Hollow is on the on the the Willow side of Mount Tremper, and that's wow. um, her father and grandfather owned land up in there and adjacent to the state land now. So it's, I always imagine that when the uh, why would it be called Hoyt Hollow? There's other Hoyts that were in the area, but it's possible when when the I always imagine that when the USGS was mapping, going through there maybe in the 20s, and mapping that they bumped into some some local guys, who, <laughs> and they said, George Hoyt, George and, uh, and Hiram, and they said, we're going to name this little know-nothing creek into uh, we're make it uh, Hoyt Hollow. And so <laughs> they just put it on the map. I mean, that's awesome. That's a, that's a great story to have for the family, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Unbelievable. So it's, it's crazy to see how this this area is connected, how small this area is. Like you said, with your your wife being 
Becker Hollow being named in Hoyt Hollow. That's that's two big names, especially Becker Hollow is a, an awesome route up of going up to Hunter. So that's huge, awesome, crazy. These railroads have connections with everything. It's crazy. Yeah, awesome. So thank you, uh, Eric, for for listening to me blabble about Catskill Mountain history. Mm-hmm. Really appreciate it, and for throwing in your history as well. That's that's amazing. So. Um, last set of sponsors. So have you ever wanted to learn more about hiking or backpacking or even just brush up on some of your old skills in the backcountry? Check out Trailbound Project, a hiking and backpacking school. Scott and Joe from the New Jersey Search and Rescue team have amazing backgrounds in Wilderness First Aid, Wilderness First Responder, and the Mountain Rescue Association. And they are here for you to learn all the new skills of hiking and backpacking. They teach anything from map and compass first aid and many other skills that could help you and others while on the trail. Check them out on their website and all social media platforms. Also check out Outdoor Chronicles Photography. Molly from Outdoor Chronicles Photography specializes in adventure elopement and adventure couple photography in the Catskills, Adirondack, and the White Mountains. She is fishing for getting married and a licensed guide, but she is also a story maker. Molly won't just give you photos, she'll give me memories that will last forever. Don't hesitate to get a hold of Molly on all platforms. So, let's finally get on to the guest of the night. Let's go! We've had a good chat so far, so Eric, let's keep it going. So, I have Eric Friedman, a New York, New Jersey trail conference volunteer for the and the leader of the Catskill Lean 2 crew restoration, correct? Yes. My, that's a mouthful. You guys, you guys made that a mouthful. Catskill Lean 2 crew. All right. Yeah, because yeah, because the, the trail conference is present all throughout, well, throughout a lot of New Jersey and New York, and down into Harriman and the east and west of the Hudson. So we're really we're we're focusing on the Catskill. So we're the Catskill Lean Two Crew. Catskill so, Lean Two Crew. I love it. Um, just so like Eric, the trail crew, similar. Yeah. So you guys are specializing in the in the truck or the, the Lean Twos. So. Why don't you give a little background about yourself, Eric, uh, and uh, we'll start the, the conversation. Okay. Like I said earlier, I, I, ever since I was young, I liked, you know, playing outdoors and, you know, imagining myself, um, you know, being in the woods. So, um, and then bo- I was a Boy Scout in New York City and we would go camping once a month with our troop. And when I got a little older, I could go with my um, we a friend and I started going to Harriman by ourselves and uh, kind of I left the Boy Scouts behind because I was I was mostly in it for the camping. And that since I could do it by myself, I did that. And w- when I was 16, we uh, three friends and I traveled out to the Canadian Rockies to go backpacking. And um, we, we all started off hitchhiking and uh, in pairs <laughs> to um, and we said, we'll meet we'll meet up in Montreal. And here's a funny story. So. You know, I'm 16 years old. I'm, I'm, I'm hitchhiking across the border. And what do we, how do we get across the border? Well, you get a note from your mom. And <laughs> I actually had a note from my mom. Yes, my son, Eric, and I gave him permission to go. And, um, and sure enough, we got across and, um, you know, and, and continued on. My, my friends ended up taking the train and I continued uh, hitchhiking and hopping freights and I met him out there. So, mm-hmm. um and just recently, I met another friend about a little younger than me, and he did the same thing. He had a note from his mom in the same era. He knew he was about 15 or 16. 
It's just the fun things have changed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dramatically. <laughs> Lean uh the, the you know the uh the hitchhiking is not really permitted now. You'll get a like ticketed for that, but uh back then it was a huge thing. Like you could do it all the time. Yeah, you could do it all the time. You you know, it was kind of um you'd get in trouble sometimes, but nothing too serious. Yeah. yeah. We so we what? would we would leave the city get on the highways, and they would drop us off. We'd go to Harriman. They would drop us off just on the side of the highway. We'd say, okay, just drop us off right here, right on the shoulder. And then, you know, we'd hike for a few days, camp out. We'd come back out onto the shoulder of the highway and hope that we would get a ride before a cop came. And it always worked out. (laughs) (laughs) See, I love hearing these stories about this. Like, like, just like, before a cop came. (laughs) That was a fantastic (laughs) Like it's it's just so good to hear about these experiences in the outdoors that were kind of like unlimited and free. You know what I mean? It's a whole different era. We we have you know cell phones and stuff like that where we can contact people to pick us up. It wasn't like the other day, like the back in the days where, like you said, hitchhiking. A stranger picked you up, and you, you kind of trusted that. You were just like, yeah, whatever. This person is willing to take me. Well, I trust them. Nowadays, it's like, I really don't want to hitchhike. Let me call somebody else or let me pay for an Uber or something like that. You know, it's crazy the the, the times we have been through. And, and like, like you, you know, we we grow up outdoors. We, we were thrown out into the outdoors by our parents. I mean, I don't know if you were, but I was. I was just like, you know. Go skirt off until it gets sundown, and then you, and then you can maybe come back for dinner if you want. You know, <laughs> I mean that 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 that's basically how it was, right? Uh, yep, yep, that's it. Yep, Explore, you know, making trouble and not get making too much trouble. Yeah, and but you can find your way home. That's that's the thing that that it was. So, um, what got you you hiking into the the Catskill area? Well, I think I was going skiing at Hunter Mountain as like a, a teenager. And um, I, I'm Jewish, but not religious. So instead of a bar mitzvah, I had a ski mitzvah. <laughs> and I, cause my, my, family, my father wanted to do something a little special. So he took my friend Robbie and me and we, uh, we went up to Hunter for the weekend. And, uh, and that was <laughs> a big thing, two days of skiing. So, um, But then the next summer, I think Robbie and I, we... We had the idea we're going to go back up to the Catskills and go camping, hiking. And I think uh, we hiked Plateau Mountain is what I remember. Nice. And I remember it was summertime and I remember seeing ice up there, even in the summer, in some of the crevices. Wow. That was my first 3,500 <laughs> peak. Was that when the, the lean-to was up there? there? No, I didn't, I didn't. I'm not aware of a lean-to being on Plateau then. No. Was there one? On there Plateau? was. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I, uh, I'm not sure where it was. Uh, I know Lori Rankin was telling me that there was a lean-to up there, but there's no trace of it uh, nowadays. I camped out in the lean-to on top of slide when I was a teenager with some friends. Oh, wow. So I think there was two lean-tos, if I remember correct. But I know there was at least one. And now you can't even tell that there was a lean-to up there. No, the grass grows. In. Yeah. How, uh, how far was that up? Uh, slide mountain of, of it was right on the top wow unbelievable mm-hmm. just imagine the chaos that would happen up there now if there was a lean to 
<laughs> wow. So the so you were involved in the in the outdoors as a young kid and then as a teenager. So this kept developing uh, later into in, into your life. So what uh, got you in with the New Jersey Trail Conference, New York, New Jersey Trail Conference? Well, I was at the Clearwater Festival. I don't know if you know what that is. It's um, yep. was started by it was it, it was an organization started primarily by Pete Seeger to help clean up the Hudson River. And there oh, nice. was an environmental music festival that would happen for about oh maybe 40 years. It just stopped a few years ago, but the, the trail conference was tabling there. And and my my kids were getting older and I was you know beginning to have more time to myself and um my two sons. And um so it caught my interest and I think they might have done a presentation right in Newports near my house and I learned about, um, and then they gave a workshop for if you want to be a trail maintainer at North Lake, South Lake. And and that, and then from there I became a trail maintainer. And then soon after that, I became a shelter caretaker. And so that was about 12, 15 years ago in, the, in that neighborhood time. And um, you know, we did a, for trail maintaining, I think we did, there was like a, they went through a lot of the, uh, requirements or the regulations and did some practice, you know, some practice clearing, some examples of what to do. And, and then after that, I was set loose on, um, I do, a, I did, I've been doing a one mile section from the Mink Hollow lean to, um, up to the view on plateau, the East facing blue view that faces Sugarloaf nice. and the Hudson and action. And I get from plateau, I can see the Hudson river down by a sopus places that I sail. I sail in the Hudson. And oh, nice. so when I'm on when I'm on the river, I can see the Catskills. When I'm in the Catskills, I can see the river. So it's like a real connected for me. <laughs> nice. So I mean you've been connected with this place for a very long time. Yeah. And volunteering of course brings you a certain amounts of joy because you stuck with it for this long. Yeah, absolutely. I mean yeah, you know, being able to um to be a part of the effort that you know that makes it uh, accessible for people is just a great feeling, and it's a uh, you know it makes it just it's a real good connection, strong connection. And I'm a carpenter, so it's natural that um, that I can take the lean to work to the next level because I know how to put you know to repair things and build things. So you know I started me I've been a uh, lean to caretaker there's the trail conference um i don't know about lean to's in other places if they're if they uh caretake for them but in the catskills they maintain 27 out of the 30 lean to's in the park in the catskill park there's ones outside the park that i'm not aware of going north on the uh, on the long path wow. that, that I'm not, I don't think the trail conference maintains. So there's, there's caretakers for every one of those lean tos and there's supervisors who, who those caretakers can check in with as needed. And I'm, I was, I've been one of those for about 12 years or 15 years. And, uh, about three years ago, I said, you know, that outhouse, it needed to be replaced since I came here. And it's, you know, by then the tarp was on the roof for two years just to keep oh, wow. the outhouse rotting away. And I approached the um, trail conference and they said, you know, they were aware that I was a bit a carpenter 
And they said, yeah, we were thinking the same thing when I spoke to my supervisor and he was speaking to his the program coordinator. So um, it was kind of a, a natural progression. And that's um, we place rebuilding that uh, outhouse at, uh, on Mount Tremper was our first project. Oh, About wow. That's a that's a crazy task, too. Yeah, we um, you know, I took the initiative and uh but they supported me. The trail conference really is about supporting their volunteers. If you know, if you're working towards their 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 mission, they're really about supporting the volunteers. And and, and it's really um evident. And um, you know, so they you know, the whole communications of reaching they have a network of volunteers who want to volunteer, but not an intermittently. And those are the people we reach out to. Um, and then anybody else who hears about it in any other way. But uh, it was an amazing feeling to, to uh, you know, take this old nasty lean-to that was rotting away and reuse some of the wood and bring in other wood. And with the help of about 10 people, we ended up with a beautiful lean-to uh, outhouse that um, wow. you know, people can enjoy for, for years. So you said 27 lean-tos is how many you guys take care of? Correct. Uh, the, that's how many caretakers are. There's that many caretakers for that many lean-tos, yes. And the, the crew themselves, we've been tackling bigger projects. Okay. Uh, it's not part of the routine maintenance. And, you know, we're just, since we're into it by three years now, you know, we've worked on about, about eight lean-tos, maybe eight or nine, give or take. Wow. In three years? Yes. That is that is insane because you know the 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 time and the effort that goes into these restorations are are absolutely crazy are are phenomenal and it, and it benefits everybody. So w being in your 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 carpenter business is that where you got to uh in got you into restoring lean-tos? Um it definitely provided me with the uh you know the know-how and the skills to do it and I've been in, um, you know, you interact with you know your peers or your um, or your employees at times, and uh, when I've had them, and you know, so you know, you, you, I've always enjoyed bringing people who had less skills, um, giving them the knowledge to you know do more because it's you know right. it's way you be, that's the way you're productive on a job, and so it's um you know it's an it's um enjoyable to teach people. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's enjoyable for them to do something that they've never done before. And you see the physical results, you know, right in front of you. And, and here it's something that we all share as the outdoors and, uh, you know, in the lean to crew. So it's really like, it's a lot of joy that we, we all get and a lot of satisfaction, you know, you know, working together, we really like, you know, keep it positive and have fun. And, um, you know, to date, no one's, no one's gotten hurt. So that's <laughs> great too. Well, I mean, to be honest, bringing somebody some new skills and then having them uh, adapt to those new skills and then completing those new skills brings them a whole bunch of joy. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just amazing to see like uh, to, to see something that you, someone didn't know, but then they can complete that that day will bring them so much joy and then bring them back for even more. They'll be like, Ooh, when is the next time you guys are doing this? Or, you know, like what else can I do uh, beyond that? So restoring the lean to is 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 absolutely fantastic. I I'm so sad that I haven't been involved in this yet. <laughs> I, I 
I will admit it. I have not been involved in this yet, but I look, I'm, I'm looking to get in and into involved. So mm-hmm. when you do, I hope you have fun. Oh, I will. I will. Volunteering just brings so much joy to me. I don't know why. I mean, I think it's just, you know, paving that path for somebody else to enjoy it as much as I do uh-huh. uh, makes it makes it uh, absolutely phenomenal. So it's just one of those things that volunteering just brings you so much joy. So when I, I, I know a lot of people don't like to talk about this, so what difficulties do you face when uh, you're doing these restoration of the lean twos? Well, I'll just, I'll tell you the kinds of work we've done on them. Just uh, yeah. we've we repaired the floors. And so we you'll have a floor that's all rotten out. It might have holes in it. Porcupines have eaten it. And um, we, the first floor that we, we did, we pulled up all the boards, turned them over, and the back the backside was much much better, and we brought in a handful of boards. Well, you know, we didn't have to replace all the boards just by turning them over and repositioning them, and so that saved us a lot of effort. We've also re-roofed um, a, a handful of lean-tos, so we'll strip oh, yeah. down the shingles. Um, if it's wood, we tend to burn the shing- the old rotten wood shingles. We'll burn them there. If it's as uh, we tore off an asphalt roof, and um, we actually brought the shingles down the next winter um, on sleds, sleds and backpack. Wow. That was uh, someone's idea. So we got those shingles out of there. That's why that's one of the reasons the DEC doesn't want to, uh, I think, use asphalt because they're concerned about them staying in the woods. We've done structural repairs where the replaced ma- major beams or, you know, we, we've stripped down one lean to down to the, uh, had almost all the beams and rafters off. Usually we'll just replace a couple boards on a roof or ha- partially, but we had to go further and uh, put new lo- new rafters on or m- new beams. And uh, we will also do drainage work around it because lots the backsides of the lean-tos are often up against the hillside. Yep. And as the leaves accumulate and moisture gets in there, that will promote uh, rot. So by per- directing the water away, that um gives it more life we've, we will stain the lean-to we'll we've worked on new lean-tos that needed to be finished when the dec has installed new lean-tos there's still work to do and um, we've come behind them and we've put the oakum in the cracks and put saplings over the oakum oak oakum um which is like a fibrous material looks like an um like rope but that's to keep the wind from blowing through well, we've done a number of stone patios. That's a, that's what. There's no better word for it. But that keeps yeah. you, that keeps you out of the mud when you're in that lean to and it's and you step out and you can step onto a nice hard stone rather than a wet puddle. You you really life is life is looking up then, <laughs> as opposed yeah. to as my friend used to say, we're we're suffering in comfort. You got to be uh, you know. So um, plus that leaves that leaves the moisture out of the lean to. Yeah. Um, Right, yeah, you want to direct the water away, but also a nice, we'll, we'll, we'll make, make it a little higher than the surroundings, and it'll be a nice hard surface. Um, we've improved springs where the spring maybe might be seasonal. We've tried to, you know, set the pipe in so that will last all summer through the dry season. And uh, so that's uh, it's a variety of things. and Variety of difficulties. So, like, uh, so we're talking about the 
the lean-to. So what was your most difficult uh, project that you've done yet so far? The most, uh, well, we've had uh, hiking in can be difficult sometimes. We've, uh, we hiked up to the lean-to on plateau, no, on table. And that was a good Lots. hike. That's, that's it. And we were yeah. carrying supplies and lots of tools up in there. And that was that in itself was was a, a chore. But once we were up there, we had some beautiful weather, and it was just amazing. We um we, that was finishing off a new lean to and uh, rebuilding the privy. And what what was the what I discovered, which wasn't apparent at first, was that rather than just go to do one project on a lean to, once you get there, you say, oh well, you know, it's not just that we need to stain it. Oh, the outhouse needs to get re- rebuilt. Oh, stain it work. So we end up coming back for two to three weekends. Um, usually it's a long weekend, you know, might be Friday to Monday or Thursday, starting on a Thursday. Some people come in for the day. Some people come, you know, might stay for a day or two uh, or three. So we're, we're, you know, cooking food together and eating and, you know, spending the evenings together. And uh, so that was, that was hard from that point of view. Uh, so you guys, some of the some of the times you stay overnight at the lean-to. Oh, we always stay overnight. Oh wow! I mean, whoever wants to can. I always do because I love to be out in the woods and I love cooking over the fire. And it's just, uh, but if the, there is an advantage to people not staying over too, because they don't have the burden of carrying in their 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 camping gear. Of course. And sometimes, sometimes someone will come go out and come back the next day and say, "Hey, please, you know, bring these batteries back charged." or or, or we we need to do a beer run or whatever right you know do something you know i've got something to my you know go go to my truck and you're gonna you know grab something from the uh, toolbox you know or bring that up that we might need so people are coming in and out and it's a it's a it's a core it's a challenging coordinating sometimes it's fun sometimes you have cell service sometimes you have no cell service and that's interesting too Exactly, because then you can connect with somebody else that might need you. You guys might need something on the run. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. So you, you were talking about, uh, you know, I know I know I didn't add this on the questions, but you were talking about uh, the restoration of the lean-to up on. I think it's called the Bowton Memorial Lean-to. Right. That's the, that's the one I was just talking about. The Bowton is on um, table. On table. Yeah, and that was a new lean-to and. It's brand new, right? It was. Well, it was about a year old when we got there. And, oh wow! You know, um, so the cracks again needed to get filled between the logs. Saplings needed to be applied to hold the the uh, oakum in. It turned out that the the uh, privy was in terrible shape, but they, were, they had left some boards there, maybe with that in mind. So we were able to. We actually, it was really high up there because it was brought in, and it was brought in by a helicopter. That those materials. So those extra materials that were left behind were really helpful with that. Wow. And we, we ended up staying. Lord is, you know, Bowton is actually maintained by the 3500 Club. Nice. And so Lourdes was there um, from the 3500 Club, and uh, she brought other folks from the club, too. So that was a nice, a lot of times the caretakers don't get involved. They're not able to. They don't choose to. And that's okay. They, they're signed, they've signed up for one thing. We're, we've, we're signed up for something else. You know, so we each choose our own experience that we want. <laughs> so sometimes working together, like really, like kicks ass. I hate to say it like this, but it kicks ass. You know, 
two groups working together, three groups working together is really beneficial to the Catskills. And uh, it shows with that lean to, because, you know, we had the 3,500 club, you guys, and uh, uh, who made, who made that lean to that was, uh, oh, I can't remember. I was with the, the Bruderhof. Bruderhof. Yes. The Bruderhof community at the, at the high school down at, they call the school, the Mount, I believe down in Asopus. So yeah. Unbelievable work by everyone. So now my big question, uh, of course, is, uh, the thunder boxes that that that's got to be that's got to be some uh difficulty on another level when you guys recreate this can you chat about that um we we only worked on one thunder box and that was at biscuit brook um okay. and it was kind of in in and what i usually do before we we go as a crew um i'll go out and survey a, a project and this way, I'll see what's involved. I'll see what materials we need to bring in, what tools we need to bring in. So I, I think when I went out there, you know, was, I had, I don't think I'd ever been out to Biscuit Brook before, the lean-to, which is on a stream there. It's very nice. Beautiful. And I, I thought that'd be a great place to go in the summertime to be, you know, see if you're cool off. Yep. And I think I dug, I dug the hole that when I was there just to check things out, and I kind of made a materials list. And we came in with about four, four or five of us came in just before winter, a couple years back. And um, we rebuilt the, the uh, Thunderbox. You know, it's kind of gets, gets a little nasty, but we, we put made a fire and, uh, you know, because you're working with an old, uh, you know, an old shitter. So, uh, <laughs> and so you either use gloves or it, we made, you know, had hot water and soap and we clean up afterwards. We had the stream there. So that was the first thing we did was make a fire. We had clean water to clean up, clean ourselves. And, um, you know, we set it, we just, you know, we rebuilt it and set it on the new hole. And that, it was no, I don't know, I'm not, I don't see the great, I mean, if it was up to me, I like the privies better. I'm not sure why, you know, you get a little protection from the weather. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, so you've, you've, you've redone privies as well. Uh, is is that a, a insanely difficult? Like, I, I've, I can't p picture doing that. Well, we've, we've had existing privies, let's say, up Two two privies, well, three we've rebuilt at least. Wow. Up at Baldwin on Tremper, which was our first project. And then uh, up at Devil's Acre, we, you know, I knew the floor needed to get rebuilt. And I brought a hook and eye for the privy. And I figured that's all the privy needed. But, you know, on, on further inspection, <laughs> we just, I we tore, the, we tore the, the privy right apart, you know, separated out, figured out what we could reuse you know, dug another hole, came back with more materials. And that's like a 2000 foot climb. That was a, you know, that was a, a challenging climb again, getting up yeah. there with materials. And we, um, you know, it's got a great, you know, nice, solid, clean, privy right now. Hopefully it's clean, but it's definitely uh, in good <laughs> shape. It's not, not rotting. <laughs> yeah. Those, those uh, privies are very important. I got to admit, uh, not just to me, <laughs> But uh, of course, people staying at the lean twos. I I I value privies and uh, uh, thunder boxes, and I as 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 more than anybody would ever think. Trust me, I love the thunder boxes. They're the best. You know, they got the one over in the Batavia Kill, and the Biscuit Brook. I gotta admit, is one of the greatest lean twos ever. So you like that? Uh, yeah. Just the sound of the running water is kind of like a. Uh, mm -hmm. Just the noise that I, I could, I it makes me pass out. It's just phenomenal. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh, 
unbelievable. So you guys do so much for the Catskills. So uh, does this stuff, does this being in the Catskill Lean To Crew require any training? No, not at all. I mean, nice. We try and uh, I try and keep the communications informative so that yep. hey, these are the things you need to bring. These are the things you need to pay attention to. And, you know, we're, we're going to be hiking in and you got to, you know, there's things to carry. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, mo- it's amazing how productive people can be, even if they don't have this skill. If there's someone there to guide them because their motive in all these in every case, I, people are so motivated because yeah. they've they love the mountains they're doing this to get something done and they're they're not there to just like hang out and slack you know slack so it's amazing how productive people can be and how much joy they get from being productive right. and with um you know i'm as long as i prepare properly by having the proper materials having the proper tools you know it, it can go we can get quite a bit done and you know and and give people the information that they uh you know they need okay this is what this is you know, we're gonna put the shingles on, but you got to pay attention to these things. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna cut it with this knife, but don't put your hand over there <laughs> because that's when you're gonna get cut. <laughs> so exactly, but also you know they could take some of these skills that you teach them and and learn them or teach them at and use them at home. Oh, for sure, definitely. Exactly. So there's benefits, very many benefits. You know, you're you're not a one just volunteering and and making the Catskills a better place, but you're mm-hmm. also learning new skills that you might not know. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Those are uh, outhouses that we've rebuilt. But last summer, based on the products that we had coming up, I knew that we'd be able to drive into a few uh, a few of them, and um, we had a privy uh, an outhouse prefabrication event at my house, so people came on maybe on Friday, Friday to Monday, um, people came for the day or people camped out in my yard even. And we built four outhouses. So by the end of the weekend, we had four outhouses built in all prefabricated in sections, all stained and stacked under a roof and ready to be installed. And we were just, you know, an organized, you know, production facility making outhouses and it worked out really great. And they're all installed, all four of them last year. Wow. Unbelievable. It's amazing. The connections that you, you get uh, with these volunteering efforts is just absolutely phenomenal. It mm-hmm. just, it, 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 look at the, look at the smile on my face. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like it's just, it's just absolutely phenomenal. I volunteering is so beneficial for you, not just the, the trails, the cat skills, uh, but life and your life in general too, as, as well. It's just, it goes, it goes a long way. And, once again, you said this doesn't require any training. So anybody and anybody can join this crew for a day or two or three. If you guys, if you guys do that. So it's, that's, that's great. Um, so where can we find out about future events for the Catskill trail crew, lean to Crails crew? The, on the uh, New York, New Jersey trail conference website. If you go to the place that says get involved, it will say volunteer. And it will say you can, it lists the various crews and one of them is the lean to crew. That's probably the, yeah, that's probably the best way to uh, find out about it. Or if you call the trail conference or contact the trail conference and say, Hey, I'd like to be involved with this. They'll definitely won't, they will not lose your name. They will keep track of it and they will, you know, 
say contact Eric. There's what the trail conference has is there's a lot of different volunteer opportunities, like many, many. And one, one opportunity is they call it the roving trail crew. And these are people who they'd like to do something, but they don't want to commit to a regular job. And they'll get an email um, on occasions that will say, hey, this, um, you know, they're working on a trail in Harriman State Park or now uh, or they're work. You know, the lean to crew is going out to work on uh, a trout pond, you know, and you'll be able to learn more about it. You'll be able to contact someone to learn more about it and you'll be able to sign up for it. And so people sign. Um, I always leave my telephone number and my email is part of the communication so people can contact me. And I, you know, just try and make myself. I just want uh, I don't want to impede any volunteers. I want to make it as accessible as possible because, you know, it's all about. I can't do it by myself, but I can definitely lead the crew, you know, is what I'm doing. So, I, you know, those were definitely uh, need everybody's everybody's help. Yeah. Anybody and everybody can uh, can join for this. So mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. So one last question, Eric, uh, post hike mm-hmm. bruising bites. Where do you suggest to, to eat after doing a lean to restoration or hiking in the Catskills? All right. Well, I, I got to tell you about one more project, if that's okay. Okay. Red, red, go right ahead. Uh, well, so a couple of years ago, we worked, we did a roof and it was the hottest time of the summer. It was up on uh, Mount Tremper and it was 95 degrees. And then over the course of four days, we took, took the roof right down to rafters and beams and put the boards back up, stained them and roofed it. And, but it was brutally hot. So I, the next year they, they said, well, we need work done at Trout Pond. So I went out to Trout Pond, you know, looked it over and it was two lean-tos and they needed two outhouses, two roofs, structural work, drainage work. And, but it was on a lake and um, there was a road into it because it's part of a dis- an access plan. Uh, it's an, an accessibility program for people with disabilities. disabilities. Yep. So if you have the right credentials, you can drive right to this lean-to. So I said, well, if I can drive to this lean-to and the other one was just a little ways further, we can, um, you know, we can get all this work done. So I had to jump through a bunch of hoops and the DEC was, uh, you know, finally it all worked out. But uh, we spent uh, 11 days uh, working on the two lean-tos, swimming in the pond, in, in trout pond. And it was just an amazing, it was just beautiful. So we had, we, we beat the summer heat on this one. And, and then we had to go back a second time for about four or five days, but it was just a beautiful, it's, it was a beautiful place. There was a beautiful spring running into the lake. We got to drink that water. And it was just, a, I, I call it like lean-to camp because it was like just a, you know, a wonderful time in the summer, you know, working together and getting things done. And people coming and going, you know, all different people over the course of that 11 days. Right. And, and seeing those random people might get them interested in doing this as well. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, unbelievable and uh it sounds like that that was a fantastic time 11 days wow that's that's awesome and then it sounds magical it was it was um so oh uh, post hike bruise and bites um well when i'm heading up 28 uh, yeah i like to stop at bread alone sometimes and grab uh, anything that's baked it all tastes yummy and not too long ago, I, I left the hike and I ended up at uh, Brio's in Phoenicia. And that oh, was course. just so, so delicious. <laughs> That's my favorite. Brio's is a, is a, it's a magical place of the Catskills. So. <laughs> yeah. 
Awesome. So thank you, uh, Eric, once again, for joining me tonight. Uh, I like to thank a big thank you to the monthly supporters and sponsors. Really appreciate you guys uh, supporting the show. Thank you to everybody who has donated so far. I really appreciate it. And uh, thank you to everyone who is still listening. Thank you. A big, huge thank you to Eric and his Catskill lean-to crew for doing all their work in the Catskills and just making this a better place, making the Catskills a better place. And uh, Eric, really appreciate you joining me tonight and uh, taking your time out to talk about your awesome project that you guys do for the Catskills and your volunteering uh, hopefully this this catches some some people's ears or eyes and uh, it, it gets them involved in more volunteering efforts in the Catskills that we need more of. Well, thank you so much, Stash. I really appreciate you joining me and I hope you have a good night. I uh, hope to see you soon. Okay. Hope to see you too. Hi, everyone. I just want to thank you for listening to the show. If you enjoyed the show, subscribe and throw down a smooth review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any podcast platform that you use. You can also check daily updates of the podcast, hikes, hiking news, and local news on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the official website of the show. Remember this, you gotta just keep on living in the cat skills, man. Wicked, 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 wicked.